and welcome back to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Uh, Marcel is back from yet another holiday. Welcome back. Uh, ben is still here. So uh, I have both of the experts of ski racing joining me for this uh, bumper episode of the pod. Gentlemen, welcome back. Marcel, looking very tanned, mate. How was, uh, how was the sunshine? Pretty good, pretty good. Minus five <laughs> degrees, bit of snow, you know, getting ready for the winter. You tell me. I need to get myself ready, and I did. <laughs> uh, ben, how are you, mate? All right. Excellent. Enjoying a bit of snow. Yeah, I can't, like. I, I've not got any snow here, so I feel like I've well, been denied. Well, the problem is, like, there's two centimeters of snow, and all the Brits are going into chaos mode. It's like hell broke loose, really. Welcome, <laughs> welcome, welcome to England, Marcel. It's, it's how, how we roll. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> two centimeters of snow, and then chaos. Yeah. Airports shut down, trains don't run, motorways at gridlock. Just another day. Well, I was actually wondering, and this is like non-ski related, ski podcast related, but you know, they want to strike. Do you think they get they had like that day off anyway, so they're not gonna strike? Oh, they're definitely gonna strike. <laughs> I think everybody that's everybody that can strike is striking at the moment. So uh anyway, that was you guys true. aren't allowed to strike. There's no union for the pod for podcasters, so uh, <laughs> I demand, I, de- I demand more money. I demand yeah. 0.0 from 0.0. You can have a 100% pay increase of nothing, mate. Absolutely. No worries. Hey, that, by the way, am I allowed to do like, you know, to get personal sponsors and then like brag about them on the podcast just so I get some money off it? Yeah, good. And then you can take us to lunch. <laughs> yeah, I'll say that. Yeah, if someone gets a sponsor, that's fine. Uh, so should we talk about some racing? Yeah, let's talk about skiing. Let's do that. Let's um, let's start with the uh, men's giant slalom, which feels like a bit of a bit of a lifetime ago. Back on uh, Saturday morning, on the uh, Faster Belvard in Val d'Isère, it was um, it was a bit softer, wasn't it? There, some heavy snow had come in overnight. It wasn't quite as slick as the races were hoping, I think, but it was still pretty bulletproof and as gnarly as ever. Uh, Marco Odomat is about a, a decade in front of everybody else. He definitely could take his skis off and walk the last few. Uh, he absolutely smashed it from uh, Manu Fella and Jan Kranich was uh, on the podium for the second giant slalom in succession. Ben, what did you make of it? Watching Marco Odomat is like watching uh, peak Hirscher at the moment, isn't it? He is winning by so much. When was the last time we saw a race with like a two-second lead over third place, which is what he had over over Kranjic? Um, he is just incredible. But you're right, the, the conditions weren't brilliant. That first run was super foggy and it looked like it cut up horribly um, on, on the first run, which, you know, comes with the territory of ski racing. The mountains needed the snow that came down. So, you know, it's not the end of the world, but yeah, it did look really tough on that first run. It looked a bit nicer on the second one, but Odomat just skied out of this, out of this world. I I don't know where he's finding some of this speed. And when everyone else is bouncing, he just seems to just float down. It's not even like they're on rails. He just seems to just like I don't I can't describe how ridiculous it is watching him race snow for very long does it It doesn't look like he's put any pressure into the snow but somehow he's arcing out Marcel you uh you love a bit of tech what's going on with this what's going on how's he doing it well he just you know he doesn't even look like he's going on 100% I think that's probably the key for him because that's what what would he okay he did look like he's going 100% but I'm pretty sure he didn't and I feel like with Mark Odomat, he's just so he has to purchase like really early before the turn. Um, and then can just release the ski down the hill. And he looks very solid. Like last year, he had like, you know, a couple of wobbly places, but he doesn't have that anymore. He just he's just nothing can really go wrong. And you know what? Sometimes you feel if someone's that quick, you like, oh shit, oh shit, he might be actually going out now or he makes a mistake and this and that. But with him, it's just like, you know, he's gonna finish and like first place if everything goes right it's like it's ridiculous like i mean they literally they can stop the other people with like calendar days like he's so far ahead i mean there's it's like he after the first run i was thinking actually it at least somebody's quite close because fellow was only what was he 0.45 off and yeah, so 
I was thinking, I was like, oh, good. It's going to be a bit of a bit of a battle. And then, uh, yeah, second round came around and Fella made some mistakes and Odomat, he made a, a tiny, tiny error. And you're like, we're right near the top. And like, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe this is going to be close. And then, no, nope, he just found another gear and carried on. Um, Fella supposedly was, was ill, though. He, Fella talked about it in his uh, post-race, saying that he'd um, picked up a bit of a bug and wasn't feeling at his best. But I don't think that equates to just the dismantlement that uh, Odomat that did over that day. Yeah, I mean, Odomat still had the fastest second run, I think, looking looking back did, at yeah. some of the times. And uh, what I did think was that, that Cranjack probably had, feels like he missed a bit of an opportunity because he made some mistakes on the first run that were very kind of uncharacteristic for him, whereas on the second run, he looked like ultimate... I guess Cranjax from a couple of years ago where we were picking yeah, him far quite regularly. Chill. Yeah, he's far too chill first run, defo. Which is which is I guess one of those things that's been levelled at him a couple of times in terms of on the hills where he can't just let them roll the whole way. Obviously, he's generating a lot of speed, but on the hills like um, Valdezet where it is so steep and you can't just roll your edges on and off. He like he needs to then keep being aggressive, and he's one of those skiers that sometimes you think almost not not forgets but just skis at that kind of 80 percent without realizing it and then gets to the bottom and you think maybe he's got more in the tank i, th- I definitely think he had more in the tank i was i was really surprised to see him go that that cruisy on the first one but val desert marcel isn't it it's it's one of those races that i it must it's be painful. one of the hardest it's yeses really to master. i think it's definitely the hardest mate it's like so painful and a lot, I think a lot of people were talking about it in the interviews and stuff. They said, well, you know, if it feels good, it's definitely not quick down there. It mm. needs to feel like you just have to release the skis, but then you also need to kind of keep them tight. And that's one thing that's really tricky to do because a lot of people, they go and go and go and go. But then at some state, and that's, there's a good example, is like um, Schmidt, the German racer, mm. super quick and super fast, but you can see that he always goes really hard, but then there's one gate where he makes like a big mistake, a proper blowout, and he does it in a lot of races. Mm. Sometimes it goes well, like he gets a podium still, but that's 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 the, the skill, right? To keep going, but still keep it tight and don't like hold the skis too much. Like the Audemars has just a perfect, you know, the perfect balance, yeah. balance between that. And Feller has it, as well up until a certain <laughs> certain yeah. time but you know the, the thing with him like he's obviously fair play heads up to him like he has developed so much over the last couple of years he's way more consistent like it's amazing how he skis but it just that's the thing with him like they have to go really hard to being even close to matching Odermatt and yeah. obviously the closer they get the more mistakes they will make or the closer they get to like their limit the more mistakes they make and he just doesn't have to go there um and his skis I mean it's it's so it's it's fascinating because he's the only one bar winning stud who is on on um Stuckley. Yeah. And I mean they will have obviously they will put a lot of money in the development of the skis with just him, but it's fa- it's it, I think it's it's really cool that a company that only has like a couple of racers can actually produce something what they're doing at the moment because it's in speed and like GS and like every it, the the stuff just looks incredibly well thought through. He's got it on a shoestring, doesn't he? Yeah, it's like it's just perfect for him, and it's actually it's it's fun to watch him, but it's probably not so much fun for the others. Um, <laughs> do you, do, like, do you like, reckon, well, though, Marcel, the way he's skis? Do you reckon if they put him on a pair of atomics or heads, he would oh, yeah. be any slower, or do you reckon he would yeah. be just as dominant? It, like the fact that it doesn't really matter that he's stuck. I reckon just... you know, if they put him on a ski, that's pretty crap. I mean, he probably would struggle a bit, but I think. He and I've, I've. That's just like I don't know. From outside, it looks like he knows a lot about the way he skis and the way he wants to ski. And I think that's really important for a racer to know the way you want to ski and then make sure like all the equipment is exactly set up the right way. Um, and I think that's what Hirscher did so well uh, in during his years. And I think that's what he can do as well. He's just like, he's just an outstanding talent, and I, I he's probably in for. 
like the years to come to win everything. Yeah, but won't, do, it, do, does this sort of come around? Because I'm sure we were saying stuff like this about Pantero a couple of seasons ago when he dismantled Fields, and the same with Christophers. I mean, not maybe not necessarily actually the same with Christophers. Yeah, but like, he had he, to battle with hit with Hirscher. But is this just the fact that he's head and shoulders above everybody else? If he had one more person around him, would we be quite as well, the thing is with him, you he's know, pushing the envelope, isn't he? He's the guy but, that's just but moving you get, the sport on. You get like people like Pintro. I mean, he won like I don't know how many races, like 35 races. Christopherson won probably 25 races, I guess. Um, I'm stat man, maybe you can help me on that. Uh but <laughs> <laughs> but what um like he's he's a generational talent, like Hisha was, you know. Like there is no one else who can be even close to him. Maybe at some stage the Norwegians but they I think would be probably the only ones who can come close to him you just hope for ski racing's sake that somebody finds a way to get close because you don't want it to be Odomat and you know who's going to be second we had that didn't we Ben in the early years of the pod where it was who's going to you know who's going to come second or who's going to at least for us then Ben it was who's going to come third because it was either Henrik or or Marcel that were going to get first or second. And then it was a, a race for the last step on the podium. I just really hope as much amazing as it is to see Marco Odomat dismantling the field. I hope for, for ski racing sake and for giant slalom sake that somebody else finds something and finds it quick because as awesome as it was to watch, I don't want to see races being won by over a second and a half week in week out. Cause it's just not, it's just not entertainment. No, and I think we've seen with the Norwegian boys, kind of Christopherson, McGrath and, and Bratton, as as well as some of the others, um, they can get close on, on their day. It's just they can't carry out their performances as consistently as Odomat can. Yeah, like Marcel said, uh, they're, right they're now. trying harder, aren't they? To, they're trying harder than risking more to be that close. And, yeah, you've got to admit, like, since Bratton and McGrath kind of burst onto the scene, they've both had quite serious injuries. So kind of that development's almost a year behind because they've effectively missed a season where Odomat's kind of come through and you can see the confidence in their skiing coming right up. But the, and you guys talked about it already with Fella getting much more kind of mature in, in his skiing and just he's a gone to the gone to the crazy manny days where you, you the guy could string half a run together he's he still skis like it and what's absolutely fascinating is just kind of when you watch him and odomat one after each other they've just got completely different styles so fella finishes a turn so quickly but it looks like he's drifting loads at the start and obviously some of that you can't you know until you can kind of get super close in on the edges and where the turns picking up you can't see exactly but it looks like he's drifting every turn which isn't always considered the fastest way and Odomat just you can't you can't even pick out where his yeah. turn starts it's so high up the hill so it's amazing to watch people with two like completely different approaches pick up so much speed yeah. um it is, it is incredible I do I think it's it's fascinating because Valdezer and I I would always put Valdezer in like a different bracket throughout the year because it's like so specific. Like the gates are very closely bunched together compared to some other races because of how the hill is laid out, right? Yeah. <laughs> so narrow so and steep. Narrow and steep. But if you if you actually think about it and compare it, Feller and, and Odoma, I think, have a very similar style of skiing in terms of how quickly they you know, go around the corners, uh, turn around the corners, and how quickly they are, how quick they are off their feet or on their feet. If it's, I think it's really fascinating about Odermatt because he's actually, well, he might be coming from a slalom background. I'm sure he has done lots of slalom when he was younger, but he looks like a slalom skier if he skis, you know. It's not like he's one of those, like, not like Axel sort of- Spindel, for example, who was, like, super quick in giant slalom. But who was still? It took them very long with the turns. Like Odomat is super quick on it. Like his feet are so quick. Yeah, and he doesn't sort of bed in. He doesn't sort of bed into that giant slide. He doesn't sort of settle into a, a a position. He sort of that hip stays so tall that he just doesn't seem to ever, you know, sort of come through that sort of down motion before moving through. He just sort of stays really tall on the hip, and I don't know. Seems to be loads coming from his lower leg. Loads coming from his. From his calf and from his ankle, where he's just able from to knees, keep... from his knees. My from dad always knees. says, 
skiing is only done by, by with your knees well that, that's not quite true that's probably why i didn't make it that far so taught you all you um, know it t- but... took you to two world cup podiums so that's fine um yeah the other thing that i was what quickly before we move off gs you know notice we've got quite a bit of racing to get through was um red bull van deer and their giant slalom skis especially but you you i think the same issues were rearing their head in the slalom it just looked like christopherson couldn't initiate a turn at all it looked, once that once he was in the mid turn the ski seemed to have like a great platform he seemed to be able to stand on it and it would go but it was almost like he's not able to initiate the turn that well so he then has to muscle his way in and then the ski accelerates away from him through the turn and towards the end. It just, it doesn't look like they've quite got the balance of, uh, of setup just yet. That's workman issue. That is. Um, no, I said, it, I, I thought, I thought Christopherson looked fine. Um, obviously he won't be happy with being two seconds off. Um, I just thought he got a bit and um, possibly with, with what you're saying. I just thought he got a bit inside on a couple of turns, just got that hit, like not, laying down but you know when you get your kind of hip too far over the, the inside you lose yeah. the pressure on the outside just felt like he he had that kind of almost getting too far inside too soon kind of thing on a couple of turns but not much you know in in this type of skiing it is it is only fractions um but yeah i mean i guess we'll, we'll see i mean it seemed like he had it at, at and obviously like marcel said very different hill but it does have that fairly extreme steep in places it's just they're nowhere near the amount of contours that you get in in Val I did have one more bit on this, uh, not that skiing, but on the while we're on the Norwegians before we move off. Where where the hell was Kilda? No, he just it was knackered. None I mean, of the speed guys turned up. Give give that I man mean, a break. Give that man a break. It's not for him. We talk about Odomat did all of the races. Odomat did all of the races. Kilda just did. There was, there was, was no point in him doing it. It was too. It's too. He. I don't think he would have gotten done really well. It's not not necessarily a, a kind Offense. hill to a speed skier. But none of them is went. It, none of them. You know, you've got Kriegmeier. He picked up points, didn't he? And then didn't he didn't turn up? But yeah, but you remember the conversation we had last week? Like he's gonna need to do all of the GSs if he yeah. wants to keep pace with Odomat because Odomat is not dropping any points. Maybe he's winning he's super G's there. and he's coming second in downhill. Like unless Kilda takes up slalom, he's not making up those points. Yeah, Maybe he just doesn't want to. You know. He had a big, he had a big knee injury, and ever since then, like his GS, you know, he hasn't done very much of it. I think, I think that was a very wise decision for him not to go there. I think I it would have been a waste of time, you know, picking up a twentieth position. But he's great GS gear, but not on that hill. Like that's a, bro- that's, that is that's, a brutal that's, hill. That's being said with like the biggest respect to him, but it's that is not for him there. And the schedule coming up is nuts. With uh, we will talk about it later, but it's. Five even Odermatt yeah, like said it's 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 bollocks uh, with the with the next couple of races, and he, you know what, like he was like, well, I'm just gonna have a little break. Good yeah. for him. Hopefully, he went like somewhere warm. Uh... He probably did. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to add something what to what Ed said quickly. I said that in in Sultan that the skis look like they're bending really hard, like it's really hard to bend those skis and get around the corner. Mm. And I think Valdezer is probably the worst hill for them, for the skis they were using. And I don't know. I mean, I've never seen the skis. I've never seen them in training or whatever. But it just looks like they're having a hard time. And I don't know, maybe Marcel developed them. And that's probably what he had at Atomic, I would assume. But Marcel Hischer and Pint- and Christopherson having this at that, also with the biggest respect, is not the same thing. Like he was just, he was pushing those skis so hard, Hischer was. Yeah, and I don't think it's like very suited to the style of Christopherson on a hill like that. Soden was fine; it was on the edge in Soden as well, and it will be tricky throughout the whole season if they don't do something different. But yeah, they just I look think, they look unforgiving, don't they? It looks like you're. Yeah. Into, you're I think once once really you have hard. once you have them on the edge, once they're like going, um, they are really they they look like they have a lot of power, but to get them going and like recover from mistakes, etc., I think it's it's really hard. Um. Don't know, no expert, but I guess that's I, that's how, just how it looks, and it's the same thing with like Charlie. He did have a hard time proposing Charlie bending those skis around, and he did have a hard time in Sultan. I think it's you know you gotta maybe dial it back a tiny bit in terms of the skis, and then it might be better. But I don't know. 
it could be i mean it's such a young brand i mean they're still they're still trying to find a ski that works for more than just hirscher and on all the different types of hill that we get from val from val d'azer to you know adelboden to what we're going to see in Altabadir, to what we're going to see in Merivale, you know, all of these different hills and Kranskagora. Like, you know, there's so many different hills and types of snow that this young brand is trying to capture all that data on. It's, you know, there's a reason why the established brands, you know, they can just tweak stuff. These guys are starting from, you know, they are starting from zero. Yes, you start from zero with one of the greatest ski races of all time, his big brain behind it, but still ultimately that's his big brain to the way that he skis and nobody could ski like Hirscher as we well know. Um, so yeah, I just thought that it, lo- it looked really, it looked, I mean, the hill never looks great anyway, that the athletes never look good down there. I hill. think, I think to be fair, like the whole race, it, it looked, it didn't look very good. Like, let's be honest. The only ones that look good were the ones, the crannies look great on the second run. Order might look great. Fellow looked, well, we've talked about it's, like it's not it's not a great advert i don't think i mean it's cool to watch these guys the best in the world like really have, have to work hard to be good and, and win but i don't it's not a great advert for ski racing because it's just it, it, it's ugly it's ugly skiing but it's 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 a different type of entertainment i, I did enjoy it i have to be said um shall we move on Let, let's stick with the men let's move on to the slalom and then we'll pick up the women's competition so on the slalom side uh, Lucas Broughton absolutely brought the heat in the second run and took a very nice looking victory over Manu Feller, two podiums in two days. And then Loic Mayar getting on a slalom podium, which feels like uh, it's you know been a long time coming, but hasn't, uh, hasn't produced the form. And then Jakobsen, who was uh, after his podium 12 months ago here, the opening slalom of last, uh, of last season, where he picked up, a podium was very close this time, and Alexi Pantro nearly scraped his way into a into a podium as well. But it feels like that's the last time that Christopherson, uh, not um, Jakobsen, finished his race. Though was last year, <laughs> I think he had. <laughs> I think only... I think he did. Didn't he do two or maybe three? He definitely did two podiums in the first two last season, didn't he? And then and then just went DNF mental. He, I, I, I like his style, but I mean, he is. He that guy's that guy's mental. I'm not sure if I'm just being <laughs> optimistic, but it, it it looked more stable than he's done before. Oh, oh don't jinx hopeful. him! Come on, don't jinx him. <laughs> and he can only finish on like the absolute hardest hill. Once you're off there, it's then it's all too easy for him. So he thinks he can try uh, <laughs> well, way he can, harder. He's having a, a week um, of a year's worth of holiday, and then he's gonna go back and has not a podium or almost a podium. It was good though, wasn't it? What do you reckon, Ben? It was um, again. I would say with Fella, he looked a bit like his old self, not in terms of the the wildness, but the the speed. And um, and you said like it feels like it's been a long time coming for Mayard. I mean, go back to season one and two of the podcast and listen to my weekly swoon over how beautiful his skin is, and it's mm. good to see that he's kind of added that the kind of aggression and edge to really kind of push you from the those kind of top tens he was getting back then into those podium positions. Um, so, yeah, it's always, always great, great for him. And again, I, did, I wasn't quite sure what to make of Christopherson um, in, in the style. I don't know whether you were seeing the same thing there that you were, were talking about with the, with the GSKs, um, but he didn't, he didn't, he didn't look right. Obviously, that was the only insightful notes I made when watching. Christopherson doesn't look right. Um, <laughs> Good. Yes, I mean, that, that sort of insight is why you're on the pod, man. That's why you are paid zero that's why you, pounds. That's why you're being called an amateur expert or like when I say me professional, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, his, that's the uh, other half to his semi-professional. That's his semi-unprofessional, that was. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Christopherson, um, yeah, took advantage of a, of his early bib and, and was able to deal with the terrain, I think, in those smooth conditions. But again, I think as soon as it got a bit rougher and a bit a bit more tricky starting last on the second run, dealing with rats and cross rats, again, I just think the ski just, it, it didn't look like it was doing what he wanted it to do, especially in the initiation phase. Um, uh, you know, do I think it'll come? I do at some point. I just think a bit like we were talking with Odomat, how everybody else is having to work harder. 
and be and take more risks to stay in touch. I feel like that's what Christofferson's going to end up doing because he's right on the edge with those with that equipment as it as it's set up at the moment anyway. So, but Bratton anyway, Marcel, what did you think? Br- Lucas Bratton's second run, he looked like he was, you know, that was a bit like, he looked like he wasn't really trying, floating his way down a bit, like barely touching the snow, but somehow still ripping. Well, he looked amazing. Um, and, and obviously his slalom seems to be better than his GS this year, which is, which is interesting to see. It's a shame that Atle McGrath didn't make it to the second round, well, mm. didn't finish. Uh, so those, those guys, they have obviously a very strong team in, in slalom. And I think, I don't know, does Christofferson train with them? I think it would be good. Because I, what, what I think about Christofferson is, you know, he's, he was obviously very happy moving into or moving to Bandir. And I think still it was the right decision. It will come. But it's so hard to simulate like racing, especially when you go down last in the second run. And say, well, this is the best ski for that because you can't, you don't really get those conditions and like you don't get the surroundings. So it's, I think it's good for them to be in that position already. And then looking back and like analyzing, saying, well, okay, so what do we need to change to make sure that next time when we are in the position again, we can deliver a better mm-hmm. result? And I think that's, it's very valuable for Part them. The They're very lucky. The brand. Yeah, very lucky to have that already in the second race because it could have, you know, just turned out completely different. Yeah, I was wondering whether we might see Van Deer pick up their first victory. He did look that first run. He looked great, actually. Took again, took a bit of time getting to it. I think he lost like two tenths on that opening split, uh, and then. Uh, but that's the thing, right? So because they're hard, they're hard to ski because naturally they will have something to do with Hirscher skis. Mm. So it's hard, especially when it gets rough and bumpy, to bring them or to get them going. And I think that's the same. It's a, it's a similar issue with how it was in in Slot NGS. Because Hirscher didn't have so much power and like he just did it differently. Whilst we're on the uh, the Val uh, the Van Deer train, uh, I know that you guys did notice we spoke about it uh, before the race uh, on Sunday about um, a certain Mister Michael Matt on uh, augment skis um, due to the fact that he switched a vocal at the end of last winter. He has not got on with them at all over the summer. So he has tried to, he's basically switched the Van Deer skis. Now Van Deer bought Augment uh, and that is where the the sort of basis for the Van Deer ski has come from. The reason he's not on Van Deer is because the Austrian Ski Federation don't let anybody race on equipment that is not bought into their ski pools. They have a pool of, of brands that have paid to be allowed for the Austrian skiers to pick from to be able to ski. And Augment was in that ski pool, but Van Deer isn't. So he was skiing on Augment skis uh, this year and uh, for the first race. And um, and it didn't go well. (laughs) It it, it didn't turn out the way it should be. (laughs) But apparently he'd literally done like three days skiing on those skis. And he was like, that shows you how much he was not getting on with his vocal skis. Now, somebody, so people obviously get Pertil and uh, Foss Oliver. I've loved the vocals, but for, for Mickey Matt, not, not a happy camper on vocal <laughs> skis and picked a brand that he skied on for like three days to race the opening World Cup on rather than stick on them. Yeah, as you do. Mental. Did, did you, did you, was there anything about that much about that in the, in the Austrian press, Marcel? Or? Not really, to be honest. It was, that was not really spoken about. And, I mean, he only had he only missed it by like eighteen hundred, so it's not too bad. I mean, he had good bib as well, but <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, Austria like, calling. Are, are they listening to you? Are they? Uh... I'm not quite sure, but I I do have to say in general, and that's across the board. The, there are a couple of like different like obviously the speed goes quite well, and I think Brenchsteiner was skiing well in giant slalom and Feller obviously, maybe Schwartz occasionally, but. I think in, in general, they are struggling a bit this year, especially on the woman's side in tech. That's not going well. And I've mm. been reading a lot about that on the newspapers because we'll, they are not... We'll get men, to that, Marcel. They're not happy campers. <laughs> <laughs> they are really not happy. Ben's been sharpening his pencil over there, I think. I, I reckon there's Austria highlighted. Uh, actually, I do, have, I do have one like one thing about the slalom. And I didn't know I didn't know what happened, but AJ Guinness, Greeks, yeah. first, Greeks number one, he just got disqualified. What's going on there? He got disqualified? Yeah. No, I didn't see that. It's passed me by. 
Yeah, just uh, well, it says he got a sanction and a monetary fine for not passing through a gate correctly. But I don't didn't oh, recall okay. seeing a, a straddle on the on on the footage. Maybe it was that's one of those ones shame. that came I mean, through afterwards. He, he looked he looked really good on the first one. Yeah, um, I mean, he got what did he end up twelfth or something? So that that's, that's insane. Good. I didn't see that at all. I'm gonna mess. That's like find out the, be- the best Greeks the best Greek ski races at the moment. That's for sure. I mean, yeah, definitely. Um, one thing that stood out to me on his first run is he, he's a lot bigger than I realised. He's quite a massive guy. Is um, that AJ? Yeah. Do you, do you like, see I, that? Is that like a compliment, or is he like a, a strong big guy, or is it just yeah, yeah, just like a massive frame and really strong? Not in any way, kind of making some kind of uh, like uh, size judgment on and calling him out of shape. I, mean, he, he I just certain... thought he was. I thought he was. I just thought he was huge. I was like, he can certainly handle his. Bo- he can certainly handle his booze. He was putting them away at Dave's wedding. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah. Pretty uh, sturdy on his feet, even after a few bevies. <laughs> Good for him. This big man he can put some, put some bevs away. Good for him. Um, but I, so there was a couple. There was a couple of people I want to touch on. Obviously, uh, the of the top few um, and lots of people's picks. There are a few uh, questionable bits of skiing in there. Um, Clement Noel looking like his normal, fairly fast self, and then cutting it too tight. Um, the Strokes one I didn't see coming. I thought he would w- was looking really solid. Um, yeah, and he was really came in training as well. Apparently, absolutely flying in the build. Yeah, he was he was the best one in training. I've heard very good. And obviously, that's like just only the first slalom of the year. But I know we had a few last year. We had Vinatra and Fosolovic uh, bail on the second run. But I remember last year was a big case of people not being able to be consistent throughout the season. So I wonder if there's kind of a a bit of a warning again that. Yeah, we did. You know, I think this you're is right. going to be the key. Yeah, Ben, you're you're right. Last year, I think the the points total to pick up the the, the tour globe for slalom was one of the lowest, if not the lowest, uh, in its history, I believe. Um, based, you know, especially with the amount of races, but um, and I think that was due to the fact that we saw so many different winners, but then so many DNFs, so they weren't able to accumulate big points. And you're you're right, Ben. There was quite a lot of DQs, and it could be the fact that you know we spoke about it in GS. The bar's been raised in GS that people are having to push way harder than they've pushed before, and that consistency just isn't there when you are on the limit. Uh, and I wonder whether slalom—it's quite open, isn't it? Slalom—it's it's wide open. You you could easily pick anybody out of the top fifteen. Certainly could win a slalom, and maybe that sort of up for grabs nature of the slalom tour is just is encouraging people to sort of push a bit too hard. I don't know. Just anecdotally, I don't know. Maybe. Dave, riding. What I thought we he had a, first run, brilliant, a, second yeah, run. Yeah, thought he had a really solid, thought he had a really solid first run. Uh, for, again, we talked about last weekend, it's not one of his favourite um, resorts to race at. Uh, and I, I thought he looked really strong, composed, thought, yeah, kind of really happy. And then the second run, I did I don't even know what happened. He's just like right from the start. Did he like catch an edge and, and got kicked out of a turn? And then just from that point onwards, was just fighting to, to get back into it. Uh, I spoke to him. He said that he just, he was, he was pushing, he was on the limit and he made that mistake. I think it's about 10 gates in just over that sort of slight break over. And he made a small mistake there and it took him a couple of gates to re- recover. Uh, and then he said he was just trying to risk it all to try and make up for it. And uh, again, sort of, extra extra errors crept in which is just a bit of a shame but I, I was I was very much encouraged with this first run performance I don't think it was vintage Dave in terms of when he's at his absolute best but I, he still was he was charging and I think that is Dave can often ski within himself I think to make sure he gets a finish and picks up points whereas I didn't think he was doing that the, in that race anyway with Marcel any anything Thoughts? I mean, how old is Dave now? Thirty, about turn thirty-six. Exactly. I mean, he's a, he's not the youngest gentleman anymore, so he needs a bit of a warm up. You know, this this is a good warm up for him. Let's put a it that good warm up. Imagine, imagine, imagine racing a World Cup and the warm up he'll be in the faster Belvard. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, he will be. He will be coming. Um, hundred percent. He looked. He looked solid. He loves Val. He loves um Madonna, doesn't he? So he was. Ex- yeah. He's. Uh, he said actually after that he was. Yeah, a bit disappointed it didn't go as well as it could have done. But he's very much looking forward to Madonna in ten days' time. 
I'm sure he will good. He will do, do good there for sure. Uh, just just before we move off, Caslunga, the the Italian who started sort of sixth, but the fifth or sixth on the second run, absolutely smashed his way into the top ten. I love the way you know we often hear people talking about oh you know a high bib gets in there on the first run, are they going to try and protect it to pick up some points? And he was like, absolutely not. I've made it into a World Cup top thirty. I'm in Val d'Isere. I'm going early and I'm going hard. And he absolutely bossed his way into a top 10. He skied so well. He was six hundredths off Bratton's second run. And obviously he had the perfect track for it. But when you think of how well Bratton skied, that's incredible. Like when you, I mean, fair enough. He could turn around and say, fair enough. I've my ruts on the first run. Went down 67. You, Bratton, you go and ski that first run again. Yeah. See if you can match what I did. Yeah, then um, we'll add the two times together and see who's on top. Yeah, and that was it was incredible. And we saw it, you see it with people every now and then when it's a bit more of a conditions race. That was just a cracking second run. Like it was, yeah, I was really happy for him. It looks like he's going to be good fun to watch this year. Yeah. And, and, well, the Italians haven't been anywhere really, have they, for a little while? Um, Vinazza again showed glimpses, um, but super inconsistent seems to be. I mean, I know it's race one, but seems to be same old uh, but Castellungo definitely unearthed a bit of talent haven't they uh, let's crack on over to Sestriere for the women's events we'll start off with the giant slalom and it was it was nice to see Marta Bassino her uh, picking up another victory after a, a quite a long time and wondering whether that season of domination maybe was a you know uh, something that was passed and was it was in part of history rather than something that was going to happen again. But Vecino skied really well. Hector second, Vlahova third, Brianoni fourth, which was good after poor showing in Val in um over in Lake Louise on the speed skis, and then Tessa Worley picking up fifth. Ben, what do you think? Uh, the Italians love performing in front of a home crowd, don't they? They're going absolutely mental. Like, both Pacino uh, and Brignoni really turned it on. Brignoni's, I think it was her bottom section on the on the second run, was absolutely flying. She took time out of everyone down there. Um, it was it was brilliant. Too for a, um, that was a really long race for the women as well. A two twenty eight, best part of two and a half minutes. That is long. Um, and the slalom was over a minute as well. I thought it was brutal. Yeah. Uh, Schifrin came out after the weekend and said that was like a really, really like tough it looked like, weekend all over. And and also the, the conditions as well. I mean, it was much clearer than it was at the men's, but they, they came up a lot on commentary that, again, they'd had a similar ton of fresh snow, but the temperature must have been a bit different to Valdez Air because theirs just had loads of like ice cookies everywhere. Um, which isn't ever good for any kind of race yeah. and, and like World Cup racing. So it did appear on certainly on the first run from about seven onwards, you didn't have a chance of getting close. Like even people like Cooper Army, who was starting 12 on the flat section, you could see her skis bouncing around in the ruts. We were like, I just think 12 people gone down. This is ridiculous. <laughs> um, but the, the skiing was brilliant. And, and as well, you mentioned Hector, like she's fully back to fitness now after that injury last year. And I think we're going to see some good battles all around this year. I agree. So. I think, I think it looks just a bit, a bit tough uh, for 228 is a long, it's very long. I can, I can confirm that. <laughs> it's not nice. I mean, um, only just, only just settled in, in, uh, in Vengen. Yeah, exactly. That's when you. That's when you basically just, just at the end of the first uh, flat tuck section. <laughs> I haven't even gone off the hunch well, off. It's as far as you went, mate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was, I was only just going off the hunch off at two twenty eight. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, you're going to miss the last train down there. You're going to have to uh, speed this up a bit. <laughs> they put they, me on the and, train to get me. You to know the, the funniest. Quicker. The funniest thing about skiing is when you start off and you do the fist races and you have like bib hundred and fifty or something, and maybe you do not very well after the first round. They start like literally pulling off the case after you. <laughs> I remember that so well. When I, I there was been one there, mate. <laughs> and honestly, they literally were standing next to the gate, like the, uh, the coaches and stuff. They were literally standing next to the gates and you were just like trying your best, like going really hard. And they were just pulling out the gates after you. <laughs> just some, some uh, coach skiing next to you with a bundle of 20 gates going, <laughs> just sliding down, waiting to take the next one out. <laughs> It's, those are the joys of fist racing and oh, yeah. I, I do not know how many our viewers 
know about fist racing but it's just hilarious mate, I do, if you I ever do, have do time what? you should go like it's the best thing ever i'd mate i do it all over again like that sort of you know the first few years in fizz getting excited about moving up 10 bibs after starting at the back and breaking down you know knocking under 100 points and then just keeping the challenge going and just i have one, oh, I have one so really good. funny story about so when i was when i was in my first fizz years I remember really well, like some older guys and they were just skiing rubbish. So they basically, they kind of like blackmailed you to go out if you, if you don't feel well, so they can go home with the bus. <laughs> so they can like fill up a bus and drive home. <laughs> Honestly, the whole thing is just ridiculous. Anyway, um, sorry, I drifted off a bit, but Lahova I thought was really good for her to pick up a podium in GS. Um, Schifrin looked a bit better. Tessa Wally, Sad for her, uh, sad for Ben. I'm a bit gutted that Vazina won because I had Hector on my predictions league, so that's a bit gutting. But then I want to point had out Charlie, to... you had Raposa. You keep yeah, talking about it when you're not on the pod. You no, I just make Raposa. up as I go along, mate. I just make up as I go along. <laughs> no, but Elizabeth Kapara, I thought was really interesting. She's had a couple of tough years. She's Austrian. Eh? Who was sorry? Kapara, uh, Elizabeth Kapara. She had right. a very good second run. And she's had a really rough time, lots of injuries, and it's good to see her back in 14th place. So that's all, all I wanna. I wanna. Oh, she did. She had. She had a really good second run. Yeah, she had, had, she kind had of... second best time or something in the second run, if I remember that correctly, or third one, so or fourth, whatever. But pretty good. Good. Either way, and, good second run. And on the on the Tessa side, like she was skiing fine on the first run. Uh, so she took chunks out of the scene. I think she had like a quarter of a second uh, lead on her going into the final split and then just i don't know whether she just didn't glide well or didn't get the skis flat or something she dropped an absolute ton of time and the second run uh was a bit more like the the kind of slightly over aggressive tessa trying to make up kind of two bigger chunks of time or try and put too much pressure on um and and slip back a bit i think ended up costing that but yeah on the first run i was you know, about writing loads of notes about how i was going to trash talk you uh for you daring to insinuate that she might not still have it yeah i mean marcel i know that you when you're not on the pod you you are you know religiously listening back um but just to, <laughs> just to remind you i was uh, oh you caught me out of here I'm, just I'm just to remind you know when you're when you're on the beach he's, he's, I know laughing, when he's laughing a little bit too hard at that <laughs> i know when you're you're lying on the beach sipping your mojitos when you're on holiday you're listening you're catching up with the, with the pod when you're not when you're not on but um ben picked her obviously tessa wally and i was i, I was just asking him whether his pick was based on true belief or just through the you know nostalgia that he was picking yeah, but the problem the problem with that is right ben you're never going to win the predictions league if you if you hang on to your nostalgia there's like you, you got to move on i moved on off into raw i move on and i win <laughs> i mean i think he moved on um <laughs> well he but also he, he also yours moved down very quickly in the giant slam that's for sure yeah you're also, you're also not going to win the predictions league if you don't come on the podcast Marcel. there's there's, there's going to be various rules to this you can't just claim that you're winning every week no as long as they haven't been written somewhere i can i can break the system here i can do whatever i want yeah i think that there should be there should be negative points for podcast mists by uh, by the hosts so i never miss a podcast so i'm a, i've got 100 percent attendance records which means i get 100 extra points <laughs> let's 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 let the people vote who should be missing the next podcast actually <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is written down that four reposos <laughs> um okay and then onto the slalom uh, i think I, I mentioned to the group that um i just wrote buses when uh, wendy holdner picked up another world cup win back-to-back world cup victories like buses they don't come along and then when they do they come along two by two so uh when i was going to say do not say buses because that will annoy me Uh, i sent it to you already mate i know and i i I made a a joke uh just before the commentator said it said i bet someone says something about buses and then immediately said it and then you messaged it and i meant to say before we started don't say buses because you just stand around waiting for a bus and what wendy spent her career doing is not standing around waiting i think she's i think that's i think that is where she's you know she has been standing around waiting and that's probably she's changed it now she's not waiting she's decided she's going to 
take walk she's, a little bit and then the bus she, turned up. <laughs> she's chasing the bus down the street instead <laughs> um, uh, but no but, that was that was awesome yeah awesome then uh, Schiffer in second Blahova third Aronson Elfman whoa she is seriously talented huge march up that second round narrowly missing out on a podium and Paula Maltzan in uh, fifth position Marcel had a good weekend actually she got eighth and fifth or something that's pretty good yeah, she's she's seriously quick. But that that it's it's so interesting what it does to your head, right? So you win one race and then you're like, well, fuck it, I'm just gonna win another ten. That's it. But she thinks she's gonna be unstoppable this year. She's gonna go. No, I don't full think she's gonna be unstoppable. But she, I think, I mean, she picked up two wins now. That's more than she's done in her whole career in slalom. So that that should be good enough. Basically, I would recommend her to retire. Just be like, ah, oh, <laughs> imagine if she'd done her first victory and then just went. I'm, I'm not doing ski racing anymore. I've, I've finished. Exactly. I have I have finished ski racing now, <laughs> so I'm done. I've defeated the boss. I've defeated- I, took down, <laughs> I took down Vlahova and Schifrin in a single race, and I'm retiring. Yeah, no, she should do. She Is that what you edge. did? Yeah, what I did was a bit different. I did not defeat any bosses. They did defeat me. me. <laughs> and then I was like, ah, I think that's not for me. So I'm basically, I basically, I, I ducked out. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, told, you pretended you were going to the toilet and left. But I go, I go on way more holidays nowadays than I did when I was skiing. So I'm having a good time. Yeah. Do you know what? I think that's probably true. I bet you are in more airports now than you were when you were racing. Probably. Sure. But uh, yeah. Anyway, I think yeah. You know, I think it's interesting. Aaron's an Elfman. Aaron's an Elfman. Yeah, that's her. Um, and <laughs> Lucic, Lucic, is that correct? Did I um, maybe yeah. our Croatian fans? Yeah, yeah you're, right. you're right. I think this, those both are born in 20, uh, 2002 and 2004. And I think this is so important for skiing that those young people come along and you know what? They put some pressure on here. And I, I really like that. Same in, in well, with the Norwegians in, um, in the men's race. I think that just makes it a lot more interesting because I'm sure both of them will be getting low with the numbers now and then also you know might be close to winning yeah i said it here i said it here first but wendy i'm really sorry your streak's gone those two will be winning (laughs) (laughs) that's it you make 400 world cup starts for a a couple of wins and then marcel's like that's it next person (laughs) (laughs) um well as well as that granted she's not quite at the the level of aronson elfman and uh and lucic yet but again we had another strong uh, race from Lara Colturi as well uh, had a bit of support from from the Italian crowd. Um, we discussed her a couple of times already this year. Um, again, starting fifty four and, and and getting in the the top thirty. So her bib number is going to be dropping um, if she keeps putting in performances like this. And and then we can maybe see what she can what she can do on some on some clear snow. And, and that's you know a sixteen year old, which is just insane. Do you think that the that the Bar has had has been obviously raised by the likes of Lahover and Schifrin over the last couple of seasons, and has that just dragged everybody along to a point where you know those two aren't getting it all their own way because they, they've not forgotten how to ski and they've gone from dominating races, putting on their skis and, and winning, and but one of them would win to yes, they're second and third, and and Vlahova was third in the GS the day before so obviously you know it's not going wrong or not going badly but the rest of the women have just you know pulled their socks up as well and just gone and raised their game as well what do you think is that what's happening it's sort of those guys aren't skiing badly but it's not just a two-horse race anymore i agree i think that that's the case good thank you for that anybody (laughs) (laughs) Here comes, comes the insight. Hold on, what did I write down? For this the problem, the problem um, is with no. you, like you know, you 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 just you tell the truth, and then you can just confirm. You can just confirm it. Oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> ben, do, do you want to add anything, or are you just going to say yes? Just go, yeah, cool. You know, I was going to move on to the next bit. And all right, and cheers. Look at <laughs> yeah. All right, good, good talk, good talk. <laughs> what, look at the notes you... I wrote down that said, Marcel, do Austrian women train steeps? That's my name. Lots yes. of good, lots of good skiing. Very little good ski racing. Oh, those, look were, at those you. were the notes I made. 
it was really annoying those. but the, the notes they're actually getting more like insightful i like that he's not just he's not just for the audio he's here he's writing headlines as well you should be a you should be maybe like we open up like a newspaper ski racing journalism so he said he said that Australians uh, will need you to write some stuff. So I can be a ghostwriter if you want. You can just put your photo and my words, and then when everyone hates you, it's fine. That's basically my goal with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they, they do train steeps, but they How do you know? team very well. How do you know? Well, you just said you said they train steeps. Oh no, I don't think they do. I don't know what they well, I don't know what they're doing, but clearly not the right thing. Um it's it's the problem is and this is like once it once a bad like spell starts for someone for the best races i think it just drags everyone down a bit and the pressure is not getting less in austria and, and the newspapers are certainly catching on to it they also look at the head coach i think said something like it's not good enough this and that i mean it's not it's not very helpful um i don't know it's I, I think it's always tricky to blame it on on coaches or to blame it on races. You know, it's like a whole a whole ecosystem of everything that needs to fit together, mm. and clearly it doesn't. It could be it could be the races, obviously, because they have to ski, but it also could be maybe some you know wrong coaching advice or some or the skis are not right. But obviously, the other people ski on the same skis and they do well as well. So, I think it's it's a it's a tricky one and it's a hard one to get out of. But what one thing is for certain that they're youth teams and everything below the world cup are not doing well either so there is certainly something there that needs to be changed and so no, I, no no young guns coming no not, not that Africans. many not that many as you would expect from the austrians um and i don't know maybe they, you know what like they maybe have been on a high horse for a long time and they've been knocked off it right now and probably much earlier and they just didn't realize it but I think the same thing happened to Switzerland, didn't it? I mean, exactly. That's what Switzerland, I said. I actually what, said eight, that six, to my girlfriend ago. on the weekend. I said, it's unbelievable how many Swiss ski races there are. They might not be winning, but there's always like five, six, seven in the top 30, yeah. which is like very strong. And you know what? Like they were nowhere. I, I remember like maybe 10 years ago, eight years ago, they literally had barely. Yeah, because I think, wasn't it, is it, um, was it Mark Genie, the the uh, the Swiss the Swiss guy who was like he'd won the he won a slalom in Reiteram at a rescheduled like snow bonanza race and he was the only guy that would the only male that had picked up a World Cup win in like six years or something and it was at a banana race and uh, and now like you can't move I think there was a rec I think it was a record this weekend in the men's slalom for the amount of. Uh, athletes from one nation in a second run. I think it was a record. Um, just show, like like you say, Marcel, it just shows. I think they they obviously went through their bad patch and having to find themselves. And but it takes, you know, it takes you, they, a long time. It you takes rebuild. A- you're rebuilding the pyramid. You can't just fix. It. You know, if you could fix it like that and it'd be done, you know, we'd all be doing it. The thing is, like Austria has very good skiers, like Meyer and Kriechmeyer and you know Feller and Schwartz. But behind that, it's really tough. Like there are not that many races coming along. Yeah. And they're, they're, you know, you probably have to look in the mirror and be like, okay, well, what did we do wrong along the way? And they have done something wrong. And that's like no criticism, but they clearly, clearly have done something wrong. So, you know, you probably have to have a fresh start and not, you can't expect to get race wins if you don't have anyone in the top. I mean, they had like two people in the top 30, I think, in the women's race. Yeah. In in slalom or giant slalom. I can't remember which one it was. But two people is not very much. So, no. you know, you, you have to like take a step back and maybe put a bit less pressure on, you know, you gotta you still got to pressure the races to a certain extent, but you just maybe have to think about a way to to get them out of there. And I'm not sure if they're, if they, if they do the right things on, on those kind of situations, because they might not have been in them before, coaches. It's a racers, it's a strange one because they've got you know? they've got that whole little crop of races that are all good. They're just not really good, and they all pop up with the odd podium or fourth or fifth, and it kind and, and it makes you think, okay, maybe they're getting somewhere. And then uh, we can probably leave Leansburg out of it. She's having a bad season, but you know she's won world champs and and you know yeah. she's won she's won the globe and stuff. She she is different to the others, but you know Huber, Gal Huber, 
Um, but then but Trooper, think... they've they've all they've all done it once or twice, and it's really weird because we're so used to seeing once you know an Austrian athlete of of, of any kind of renown does that, they then can do it moving forwards. There's very but, few one hit wonders, you know, in Austrian skiing. But what what I think about that is like, if you're in a situation where you constantly get somewhere in the top 15 right you you personally and you you might say okay this is not good enough because they don't know how to win or whatever but as a ski team as a whole that's the situation that you want to be in because you have a whole bunch of good skiers um who are somewhat like scoring very good points so that's like the base of a good team and i don't know what they have done but all of a sudden the good races they are not good enough anymore and they don't qualify for the second run I don't know if they have talked to them like yeah. that they need to win more or this or that, but it's a good foundation where they were, like where they had people in like doing top tens on a regular basis. That's a very good foundation. And I think that's where something you have to tell yourself, well, actually, you know what? This is something I can build on. And I don't know if where the self-confidence has gone or where the self-belief has gone. But I remember when I, I did the same thing and I was like, oh, I need to be better and this and that. But actually, this is a very good foundation. And they have completely lost this foundation now because they are like in the middle of nowhere, basically. Yeah, yeah. It was it was the GS actually where the where the record was eight men in the second run of the, of yeah. the GS. But yeah, so Austria, Ben, they don't train steeps. I think if you you should you should put your hand in the air and tell them that maybe you should send them a message. Just uh, maybe like let's get them on a dry slope next year and see what they can do there. Smash some gates. Yeah, we'll show them a thing or two. Um, <laughs> They're definitely not steep, so let's not do that. <laughs> I think Helen's pretty steep. Anyway, right. There is plenty of racing this coming. I was going to say weekend, but isn't weekend because we've got five races back to back for the men. Uh, the men start racing. Set your calendars because we. you need to pick. Those of you listening at home ready to do your picks. You are picking for five races for the men, three races for the women. The men start racing on the 15th, which is Thursday in Val Gardena. Oh which is the replaced uh, race from Beaver Creek. So that's where the extra downhills come from. So they race downhill Thursday, Super G Friday, downhill Saturday. That's all in Val Gardena. Then they hop across the mountain and it's GS Sunday and GS Monday for the men in Alta Badia. Whilst the women's program, a lot more straightforward, they race downhill, downhill, Super G in Samaritz, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, right before we start, why are they doing a downhill, swapping it to a super G, and then going back to a downhill? I know it's because one's a replacement, but that's not sensible. Let's just spice it up, just... they spice it up a bit, just make it make you know, make people think exactly. about their picks. <laughs> you know what, on, on what skis to get out of the van yeah. that morning. Would I do a downhill today or super G? Yeah, <laughs> uh, do you know, I don't know the answer. And Marcus Waldner hasn't informed me, but it, yeah, you would have thought it makes sense to go. But if you've got the schedule, you want to race, you know, you don't want to mess around with your own television stuff and moving stuff around. And, but yeah, do you want to go first, Marcel? You can go first. God damn it! I just looked up the result from last year. That's not very helpful. It's Bennett, Striedinger, and Hinterman on the podium. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to help you. Um, it's not going to help me. So I'm going to go for Kilda. Safe pick today. Safe pick. You're always on the safe picks. Uh, ben? Also, before we, before we keep on going here, Johan Claret said this is going to be his last season. So if someone wants to pick him, go for it because it might be your last pick for him. So you're go. picking Claret, right? No, Good. I don't. I go for <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Just saying. Uh, go on then, Ben. Oh, part of me wants to see if Odomat's going to get this downhill win, but uh, I don't. I'd, like we said, after the schedule he's had so far, he might want a breather with back to back GSs later on as well. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Matthias Meyer, who's been the nearly man so far. So, see if we can get him over the line. I, I do think Matt's going to get. I, he's he's going to get it done, and I think he's going to get it done here. I think he's he's on such form. He's he's going to get it, and then he's going to back it up with the super G the next day. Is ben? this your way of getting a double over to that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm double over to batting so far, Ben. 
Hold on, I've got to write these down as we go. So Marcel can't uh, claim that he picked someone other than uh, Charlie when we come back to this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go, uh, yeah, I think Kilda. It's hard to look past Kilda at the moment, really, isn't it? I mean, if you yeah. can't have Odin out, yeah. And I go for Beard Foyts. No. Super G? No, are we talking about Super G? Yeah, going downhill, super G downhill. Oh, okay, got it. Too late. You're going. It's too late. No, 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 no. no, 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 First answer, I'm afraid. Don't, don't cheat me. Don't cheat. No, no, don't cheat here. I go for. Has someone said Meyer? No, not in this one. I go for Meyer. Okay. And then I go for. No, Ben's going first the next week. Then I'm getting killed. So I get killed in one downhill, one super G. I lured you into that. He's not going to win that race. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, and then it's, it's you, then Marcel. I think no, all right, like, go. You go then. Come on. Uh, so it's the other downhill. I'm, I'm, I'm semi tempted. If he was, if he hadn't done so badly, I would be tempted to say that Paris is going to find his feet here. Um, do I really think he's going to get it done? Are you, are you going for the triple order, Martin? Still available. Oof. You know, you put it out there now. I could put, I just, I could, I could just put Odom out for my five races. <laughs> for the slalom as well, or what? There will be, there will be a lot of people doing that. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Um, <sighs> Odom out. Yeah, fine. Triple Odom out. You should, you should have a look at that, Ed, before we next record how many people picked five Odom outs as their picks. Five, right. what, why are you talking about five? I thought we're doing, there's a slalom. Two no, GPSs. We're not. We're, oh, we'll, set, we'll, do a, we'll do a sneaky one quickly before we we head oh, into. Oh, okay, uh, okay, got it. Madonna. Um, I go for Foyt. No, wait, I go for Meyer. Yeah, Meyer it is. Meyer, okay. He can't, Meyer. He can't. He can't make his. He can't make his own bed. And then I go for Audemars. He, he, why do you think you get to go first? Because <laughs> I, I got last now, so I go first next time. It's just fair. No, because then you've gone first. You got, you don't get to, if you're leading the way, you don't get to go first in the giant slalom picks. Oh, we're going on to the GS ones. Okay. Yeah. All right, go ahead then. So Ben, which Ben, do you want to go Odomat race one or Odomat race two? Odomat race one. Are right. you joking? No, what's going on here? <laughs> so Ben's going Odom. You're leading our standings. There's only two GSs, which means you don't get to choose Odomat, I'm afraid. Yeah, because I'm the specialist on GSs. I know who to pick. Yeah, so you can pick somebody else. You can, you know, you can use your specialist giant style and brain to... All right, I go for um, Zankranich on the first race. Right, okay. And I'll go Broughton first race. And then I'm going to go Odomat second race. Oh, hoo <laughs> hoo. Hoo look at you. Look at uh, you. Go on then, Marcel. Um, who, who do you want for your uh, second race? on the second race. Christofferson, you think he's going to get, he's going to tame the Van Deer beasts? Well, he's going to, he's going to dial in on the first day and then win the second one. All right, nice. And I shall take Grandjet for the uh, second uh, day. All right, so I think we've, uh, Ben, you, uh, hopefully you've written those down because I don't think either, none of us have remembered what we've picked. I think I've picked five Odomats, so that's fine. <laughs> you know, you, you four, picked four out of five. You picked five, five proposals. <laughs> Reposos never never raced it down in his life he's far too scared to go that quickly um right so women's Women. two downhills marcel, marcel do you know what marcel you can go first here oh, how kind of you i go for nina ortlib okay benjamin um i'm gonna go for gotcha seeing if she wins all of the ratings uh, I'm going to go Suter because she's on fire. Um, then, Ben, would you like to go first in race number two? I'm going to go Suter in race number two. Marcel, where would you like? Where's your money? This, this is a downhill, Marcel. Ilka Stuhaj on Kestley. Going to get us a first win in. Uh I'm going to go, I, I have to go Godja because I, I do feel like I need the points. But if I was sure, a bit more sure about her, um, her, what was I going to say, her, her head in terms of 
how badly damaged her brain is after after uh, what was she talking? I'll get my words out. The Austrian, Kaka, what's her chops? Cornelia Hooter. Hooter, because she's ripping, but obviously she had to take a day off, didn't she? With because um, she was having blind spots and stuff with her concussion uh, issues. She's she was, got yeah, she, she's on my she's on my reserve list for the uh, super G. Depending on who picks what, she was on my on my list. Mm. Uh, so and then on to the super G. Got I'm going first, and I got to go Gooper Army. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Then I think you're I think you're yeah you're next. Uh, I'm going to go Hooter and see if it, see see if she's right. If she's if she's not racing, I'm going to get a substitute. And I go for hmm. Suter. All right. Okay. Good. All right. Well, I think we've um, we covered all bases. I think we've we we've certainly talked enough. If we haven't covered I mean, all bases, we, we missed a load of stuff. I'm sure of it. But uh, there's too, there's too much skiing going on to talk about it. Far too much skiing to talk about. Uh, right. Thanks for listening. And until next time. Bye for now. <laughs>